Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Alright, hold on, hold on one second. Mm. Let me just finish stuffing my face with the mm, outstandingly delicious falafa guac. Mm. And hold on, because I have a plethora in front of me over here. I still have to work on the steak moss. And mm, this is so delicious. The steak with me salad from none other, the one and only Mantushi. And when Sophia shared with me the source of her inspiration, what ignited her wanting to create this deliciousness, I was absolutely not surprised. And so that I can finish this amazing meal that I have right here, I am going to let her tell you. Hmm. Mm, yes, tell you exactly where the idea originated. On a trip to the US, actually, I was in New York City and I walked into a Chipotle and the Chipotle, I had never been in a Chipotle before. I didn't grow up in the US, so I didn't really know it. And I was immediately, first of all, fascinated by the fact that the line was out the door and round the block. That to me was, what are these people waiting in line for? And people in New York tend to wait in line a lot. So I just waited in line with them to see what this Mexican place was all about. So this was a while ago. Um, and I, I, I walked in and was just fascinated by not only the simplicity, but the freshness of everything that was made and the speed. And at the end of it, I had what I considered a good quality meal served to me in two to three minutes. It was amazing to me how you could make real food quickly. Sophia Sleiman, founder and CEO of Mantushi, a Lebanese fusion real food concept that was instigated by a visit to one of the most inspirational cities in the world. Yes, like Alicia Keys rightfully put it, you're in New York. These streets will make you feel brand new. Big lights will inspire you. I'm your host, Tarek Azmi, founder of Here's Good News, a company dedicated to your personal and professional growth through coaching, leadership development, and personal training. And this is season one, you can make it. And dear listeners, before we get on with the show, I leave you with a short message. By listening to this podcast, you have taken an important step towards your personal and professional growth. If you are looking for support in your career or personal life, if you are looking to find your purpose and follow your passion and start your entrepreneurial journey, then drop me a message on the website or via Instagram and Twitter handle at Azmi T, A-Z-M-I-T-E-E, and I'll get straight back to you and give you a courtesy coaching call. And now, back to the show. Sophia returned to Dubai, and while at work, she realized that there were very little options to order real food that would reach her quickly. Her options were limited to lengthy waiting periods for a good meal or a quick processed option. 
there was a problem. And like many successful entrepreneurs, Sophia was driven by solving that problem. I said, okay, so I have a background. I've been looking at businesses for the past few years. Um, let me start working on my own business that delivers real food quickly. And I'll always be grateful to New York for giving me the the inspiration is the right word to believe that I can build something and, and bring back something um, from from a solution to, to Dubai. And this is basically what I what I wanted to build. I wanted to build a, a concept or a place that could serve real food quickly. Listeners, notice how Sophia and I both emphasize on the idea of real food. And I want to take the opportunity to remind you that unlike many restaurateurs, Sophia is not a chef. In part one, we made clear that she was a food scientist. And that is the baseline of Mandouche. And I always say this, I say food is a science, not just an art. Because it is an art. There's no doubt about it. But there's also a science behind it. There's also um, a lot behind the way that you cook the food to retain the nutritional value of it. There's a lot behind the way that you cook the food in order to make sure it's safe to eat quickly. Um, you know, you, you cannot serve good food fast without understanding how um, and how to do it safely was a very, very big element of it. So, so. Today, um, this was what I originally set out to solve. Uh, I worked with a, a um, culinary institute here to try and build the menu. The, the bread alone took months, months, because I wanted, I was insistent, we were gonna use no preservatives, we were gonna use no additives. I did not wanna use sugars and butters. I wanted it to feel so good that I could have that bread and go for a run right after. And if you're anything like me, you would notice how right after indulging in carbs, you get hit by a serious energy slump and you feel heavy, like the only thing you want to do is sleep. Well, I've just savored the delectable falafa guac and steak mousse, both delicious wraps, and here I am, feeling light and indeed ready to go for a run. For solving a problem, Sophia hit the nail on the head. So entrepreneurs, the message is, in order for your business not only to exist, but also grow, you must be the solution to your client's problem. And you must always look at areas where your concept can evolve. Sophia started building with the Culinary Institute, but that work wasn't set in stone. It's very important to note that with the Culinary Institute, we developed like 10 recipes with them just a very basic starting point to make sure that I could achieve what I wanted to achieve, which is a real quality product. Those products completely changed throughout the years. You can go and work with somebody at the start to try and get a foundation, to try and get a starting ground. You need to, beyond that, actually do the work that is required. So. In parallel, I was learning all about construction from scratch, which was a huge learning curve. I mean, this is a very convoluted world that they don't tell you when you're starting a restaurant that you really need to be very 
on top of and very knowledgeable of all the elements of it. And it's not and it's not just in the in the F&B world or in the restaurant business. I mean, yes, perhaps you need to be more cautious when you're working in F&B because there's there's quality, there's the well-being of people. So, so I, I hear every word you're saying. I am so 100% with you on what you're sharing. And it's just really amazing that I hope anyone who is who's listening to this who are planning to build their own business to jump into F&B or open up a restaurant that they learn from this because they just by listening to this and understanding it you've overcome such a long distance that will be so helpful for you in avoiding the the heartache that comes with these discoveries yeah i mean prior to the actual setup uh, prior to actually setting up the company and, and going about the process of getting a trade license the cost associated with the company the fact that you need a tenancy signed before you can officially set up your company and submit that as part of your company setup application um, is something i definitely didn't know for, for a year uh, all i did was work on a menu that i considered this would be what's missing in the market. I thought that my work would be limited to food. But her work was by no means limited to food. And entrepreneurs, do not misdirect yourselves. Running a business means that you are going to be a jack of all trades. You need to understand the back end of setting up a business, such as licensing, visas, and all the paperwork. But once it's done, that part is done. And listeners, entrepreneurship is not limited to setting up a business and running your own show. If you're an employee in an organization, having an entrepreneur's mindset and showing that kind of ownership is a prerequisite for growth. And with full disclosure, being an entrepreneur is a lot of things. But the one we can agree on from the start is that entrepreneurship is filled with challenges. And Sophia particularly identifies two types. I feel like there's today your challenges in a business are divided into two. You have one-time challenges and then you have constant challenges. And your one-time challenges are the company setup, are the construction. Because once you're done that, you're done that, more or less, you know, besides the maintenance that you need to keep managing. But then there are constant challenges that aren't related to food. You know, for example, you, you need to understand you're in hospitality. So customer experience is everything. Customer service is, ex is everything. Staff management is something I did not expect to be as challenging as it was. I have quoted Sophia in saying that to run a business, you are going to be a jack of all trades. Elon Musk would certainly agree. And while knowledge of everything is important, it's one school of thought. Whereas I personally am from another, the one that agrees with the likes of Henry Ford, Jack Ma, and my previous guest, Samer Hamedi from episode four, where we believe that the key lies in employing smart people to fill in the gap of what you don't know. With that said, and regardless of the industry that you are in, I am 100% aligned on what Sophia says next. And I strongly urge you to make that the center of everything you do. One of the most important things is uh, understanding your customer and adapting to your customer. Today, um, I started out as a build your own concept. That was the forefront of who we are as a business. Quickly, I discovered 
that due to the fact that our location was delivery based, but also due to the fact that of the nature of the customers, build your own is not always what everybody wants. We only had three preset items on our menu, three trending wraps. I call them the trending wraps. And everything else was build your own, but people never built their own. I had a very small group of people that did. And then we had a lot of instances of customer complaints um, where the build your own combination that they chose, they were not happy with. Our original menu did not have Manaish at all okay. because I was not a Manaish place. I was a build your own wrap or salad concept. That was what with Lebanese, a Lebanese twist at the time. It wasn't Lebanese fusion, which is who we are today. So how did you put the name together? Because the name is is very specific to, to I would say, Lebanese slash Arab culture. So when you say mantushi, you're hearing manushi. But at the same time, you're not that Lebanese uh, uh, bread spread, if you want, uh, pizza dough sort of uh, sort of sandwich, if you if you want to call it, if, if anyone doesn't know what a manushi is. Um, so how, how did you build the name around essentially a concept that is not a Manushi concept. So our entire, my entire premise was for people to take a bite out of real food. So today my, my whole approach at the start was I want people to take a real bite. You know, when you find something that you're, you're holding a sandwich or you're having a salad and you are so excited to bite into that, that you just take a real bite and take a bite of real food. So today, the netshe, which literally means bite in, in Lebanese Arabic, is where it came from. A mentushi is anything with a bite taken out of it. So our logo is a wrap with a bite taken out of it. It is a mentushi, not a manushi. And so I realized at the time, it was also my, my 23, 24-year-old self, thinking, it's okay. I don't need to adapt to what people will hear I will communicate who I am instead and people will get that, which was a no-no. Because people will hear what they hear and that's it. You don't always have the opportunity to communicate to them who you are. They may not give you that second opportunity of where they say, oh, so what does the name mean? You know, they may just take it at its, what they read. And so that was another uh, blunder on my part at the beginning. I, it was a blunder today. It's who we are as a brand. I think more or less people know that. We've managed to communicate the bites. So now that we're an existing brand that has a, a good reputation in the market that people know and are familiar with, we no longer have that problem. But at the time, it would have been better to choose a name that maybe was more direct and more obvious and didn't have that sense of confusion. But because of the name, we had so many customers call in saying, hi, I want one akawi manushi, one zata manushi. And I said, I'm sorry, we don't have manish. And they're like, what is up with your name? I am so confused. And because, and this is, this is, I believe the most important thing I can tell anybody who's listening. Listen to your customer and do every role that your company requires. So I was a cashier, I was a cook, I was a cleaner, I was a baker. I, I have done every single role in that company. And at the same time, I have, those are the two pieces of like advice that I would really 
put out to anybody who's ever interested in in F&B in particular and starting their own F&B. It's literally listen to your customer and be every role. Um, because so the listening to the customer was where I understood that customers don't want to build their own. They want it maybe once they're familiar with you as a brand, then they can venture out and decide, you know what, this time I'm going to build my own. But most customers, if you're giving an extensive menu, would like to opt to what sells well and just will trust you to tell them this is the sort of things, you know, that I would recommend. Some customers are particular. So having a build your own on the menu is also a very strong asset, but don't rely exclusively on one thing because you may or may not capture the right audience. And so another thing was having Manaisha on the menu. We were forced to add because of the fact that we wanted to um, ensure that the brand was, was well encapsulated, that we incorporated Manaish onto our menu. I just love how Sophia says, be every role and listen to your customer. There is no way around it. If you want your business to survive and thrive, listen to your customer. And what I particularly enjoyed hearing from Sophia is the evolution of her business concept based on feedback. And before we go on, I leave you with this short message. If you are looking for support in your career or personal life, if you are looking to find your purpose and follow your passion and start your entrepreneurial journey, then drop me a message on the website or via Instagram and Twitter handle at AzmiT, A-Z-M-I-T-E-E, and I'll get straight back to you and give you a courtesy coaching call. And now, back to the show. Dear listeners, before the break, we spoke about the importance of listening to your customer and taking their feedback seriously enough to allow for your business to evolve rather than focus exclusively on one thing because you may or may not capture the right audience. In part one, Sophia spoke about the importance of listening to your team and empowering them to do the right thing. And here, we talk about client service being at the heart of what drives the company. And I just had to ask, how does one's company evolve without losing the essence of their identity and their existence. So understanding who you are as a brand and identifying your foundation from what you're trying to achieve. What is my mission? What is, what is who I am? What is my core as a business? That should not pivot and deviate left and right with people's opinions. That core of what problem you're trying to solve for and that objective of who you are as a brand is everything, is who I am as a person that is translated into a company. So I don't sit here and change who I am as a person uh, whenever someone gives me their opinion about what they like and don't like. But it's the uh, particulars that come out uh, in your day to day that you need to be dynamic with and that you need to be adapt to what customers want. So your foundation is, and my foundation is, I want to give real food quickly. That was who I was trying to solve for. That is the core of who we are as a brand. It was not, uh, I don't serve Manaish. 
Therefore, when a customer tells me I want Manaish, I now have to pivot. No, I'm not going to pivot. No, not at all. It's the particulars. It's understanding how do I communicate the same message in a way that people want to hear. And it's about adapting to your customer because at the end of the day, you're there to solve a problem for a customer, not just for yourself. You're not looking to have one customer and that person's you, you know? And it's very important to find the balance. I'm not saying go out and take every customer feedback and change your menu accordingly. No, not at all, not at all. But if you see out of 100 customers a day, 60 are asking for coffee, Go back and look at your foundation as a business and say, does coffee go against who I am as a person and as a company? No, it doesn't. So maybe we can incorporate coffee and we'll incorporate coffee that's quick and real and made from good quality ingredients. Therefore, it caters to our concept and it is a, an additional item that people will want. And with that logic, the answer is do not move away from who you are and what you are trying to solve for. So, so you hit the nail on the head. I don't know if that's the right term, but it is, it's exactly what it is. Not only listen to your customer, listen to your team is another one and empower your team. So we created the chef competition, which we do every few months now, where our staff, our, our kitchen, even our um, cashiers, anybody in the team that is looking to suggest a new item onto our menu, that they would like to create and present in the competition um, uh, would have the opportunity to make a percentage of the sale of that item for the first month that it's launched. And so we launched through that, we created, uh, thanks to one of our cooks, uh, the spinach bread, which was uh, an extremely uh, successful product and is currently on our menu. And the person who created the spinach bread was uh, an actual, um, fi had financial rewards from every single spinach bread that was sold. You know, uh, another item that, that this person also created for breast cancer last month was our pink bread made from real beetroot. No additives, no preservatives, still within line of who we are as a brand. And for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, this was wildly successful, especially for catering. We had a lot of catering where they called in saying, you know, we've seen that you guys have your pink bread and we know that it's all natural. We'd like to have a breast cancer awareness corporate lunch or, or uh, just an event. Could you cater with your pink bread? We, did, we even did a baby shower with um, a little girl that was coming. So <laughs> we catered a baby shower with our pink bread as well um, and so our team are empowered to create as well um, based on what they see selling and what they see being asked for because they're also in contact with customers and so we're constantly and dynamically adapting things that don't work we slowly wean off our menu and things that people are asking for come back onto our menu in the world of business there is no room for stillness therefore be dynamic while maintaining a strong, constant DNA. And keep in mind... Don't stray from who you are and what you're trying to solve for, but adapt how you do so. There are a lot of Lebanese restaurants and there are a lot of restaurants that serve real food quickly. 
What sets us apart as a company, and this took a while, and it's okay not to have it at the beginning of your idea, and it's okay to have an idea that changes over time as you grow, but find your niche. And today what makes Mentushi unique is the fact that we serve Lebanese fusion. That's what sets us apart. Um, it's that you're not going to find classic Lebanese food here. You're going to find fusion. You're going to find either Lebanese food served in a way that's never been served before, like the meza wrap made up of the five or six different mezzas that you typically have individually on a table, all wrapped up into one. So it's presenting Lebanese food in a completely new way. Or it's different cuisines. So our falafel guacamole wrap, which is extremely popular, has got falafel, a Lebanese classic product, or a Levantine or an Arabian. <laughs> There's a lot of argument about where falafel is yeah. sourced from. We have to be um, sensitive. Yeah, you have to be sensitive with that one. It's true. Falafel and uh, guacamole, which is traditionally something that's more Mexican. Using those two elements together and having a whole new flavor palette that people can completely fall in love with is what we are all about as a company uh, and is what makes the brand so special. So you walk in, you're not going to find a classic falafel sandwich. You're going to find Lebanese fusion. Lebanese fusion, real food. And if you want to try a mantouche, you can order online directly from our website. We offer a 30% discount for your first three orders and then 10% cash back from there on out, which is super exciting. You can check us out on Instagram. Now you can also order through Instagram, which is super exciting as well. And you'll get that 30% off your first three there. So, and feel free to visit the branches whenever you're there. If you'd like to speak to me, just ask for Sophia and I can always come by the store and we can sit down. I'll invite you for a cup of coffee and we can chat there. I have learned that building your brand starts with a concept, an identity. And while you may be your own brand and identity, make sure to not stick to your guns. And like Sophia, I believe that you can be dynamic towards your evolution and branch out without losing the core of what you are trying to solve for. Here's Good News Podcast is a Here's Good News production hosted by me, Tariq Azmi founder, coach, and personal trainer. And my mission is to help transform individuals into extraordinary versions of themselves. So for your personal and professional growth, subscribe to this channel, to the website, and make use of the blog. Take action. Reach out and get a courtesy, no commitment coaching call to start your transformative journey. And here is good news. You can make it. I mean, I'll tell you a story. It's not, it's not the, it's not the most, um, maybe it's not the best story ever, but it was, it was a very big learning curve for me. I, I hired uh, two people at a time that were men and they, they were one of my first few hires. They lasted 12 hours. Um, and yeah. And the, the, the reason being they refused to be told what to do by a woman and they refused to be told what to do by a young person. So those two elements were uh, a very big shock to me. They were one of the first two people I had hired. Just I didn't even consider that I had hired them because yeah. they had just joined for a trial. It was one day. Mm. You know, we had just had them come in, interview, and while they were there, I said, look, since you're here and you're here from a long 
distance. Let's start the training. See how you like your first day. You know, we could talk at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, we sat down and both of them were like, we don't want this job. And I said, okay, may I understand why? Because I don't want to be told what to do by a woman. All right. And the second person said, well, I don't want to be told what to do by a kid. And I was 24 years old. And these, these were men in their, in their I, I believe, late 30s. Uh, and I said, well, uh, thank you for being honest from the beginning. I wish you all the best. And, you know, and, and I found it a little bit strange in the middle of the day when they asked me, when is the boss coming? And I, said, well, uh, I am the boss. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. I laughed at it. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> but it was, it, was, um, it was a big learning curve for me in that, you know, you're, you, you need to find people that are compatible with where your vision is as a team, but also um, an understanding that you may not be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Dear listener, if you have made it this far in the after credits section, then I consider you my most loyal listener. And as such, I wish to reward you with my four-week peak wellness program. All you have to do is subscribe at hereisgoodnews.com and in the Get in Touch tab, drop me a note with the words Four Week Peak and I will send you the course at no charge. And I would love for you to rate and comment your views and advice on Here's Good News podcast. Thank you very much, dear loyal listener.